0: Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio, I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Mr. John Boyle. He's joining us here as a patient who's received many, many plasma donations in his lifetime. He's joining us to share his journey with plasma donations, uh, talk about the dire need for plasma donations, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic has caused a sharp decrease in plasma donations, leaving many, many patients who are immunodeficient compromised. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. John, thank you so much for joining us and telling us your story.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Neil.
0: What is it that you do? What is a little bit of your professional background, if you would?
1: Um, Well, I am a uh, person who's worked in the nonprofit sector for uh, most of my career, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that was influenced by the fact that uh, I grew up with a uh, rare disease, which required um, me to get plasma donations. Uh, And so I really learned about the Uh, The impact that people can have upon the healthcare space and the the impact that nonprofits uh, often can have when trying to confront a problem like uh, the issue that we now face with uh, a shortage of plasma donations.
0: Now, you say that you grew up with a rare disease. First of all, what is this rare condition that you grew up with and exactly how early were you diagnosed with the condition?
1: Well, I was... Uh, diagnosed when I was six months old uh, with a uh, what 's known as a primary immune deficiency disorder um, a essentially condition that 's genetic that leaves me uh, genetically unable to produce antibodies so i'd appeared to be a healthy child, uh, but then I came uh, down with uh, a very advanced form of pneumonia. The doctors realized I had an incomplete immune system mm-hmm. uh, and would never be able to function uh, you know properly. Uh, without assistance. Uh, and happily, there was a therapy uh, that was available, uh, basically donated antibodies that come from human plasma. So since I was six months old, I have, uh, my life has really been dependent upon these donations of plasma that uh, are turned into medicine for me, people like me, um, and well, uh, tens and tens of thousands of others.
0: My experience and knowledge of plasma, I'm sure, is rudimentary compared to yours. But it's my understanding that there are centers set up all over and people go in and they donate plasma. But based on the uh, conditions that we find ourselves in with this COVID-19 pandemic, has that personal showing up to these centers drastically decreased?
1: Unfortunately, uh, there has been a really significant decrease in plasma donations. Uh, There was about a 20 percent drop. Uh, last year, really across the entire country, uh, you know, primarily because, you know, as people were locked down, as people were uh, not vaccinated and not really going out, uh, they weren't willing to go out to these plasma centers the way that they mm-hmm. typically do. Uh, and so we've never in uh, in my four decades, uh, you know, of receiving plasma uh, based uh, uh, therapies that come from donations, we've never seen uh, a drop that is anywhere like this. So this is Unprecedented, and it's scary for people like us because uh, you know there is no other therapy. We we do require plasma either for our quality of life or mm. just plain for our lives.
0: You receive uh, plasma monthly, is that correct?
1: Uh, well, some members of our community do it monthly. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do mine weekly. There's a mm. couple of different uh ways that you can uh, can take this medicine. So, uh once a week, um I uh I get mine and I actually did it just last Sunday while my wife was actually donating plasma uh at one of the centers that's not too far from us. And uh there are about uh over 800 of these centers around the country, so many communities have one near them.
0: What about the fear of contaminated plasma as far as COVID-19 is concerned? I mean, obviously, there are very, very stringent safety uh, protocols in place for donations. But um, how much of uh, this decrease would you blame on just fear of not just COVID-19, but of um, maybe receiving some plasma or getting infected, trying to donate plasma?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure some people uh, have thought about that, but the, uh, the, the great thing about and the important thing about these plasma centers is very, very early in the pandemic, uh, they were uh, declared to be, uh, you know, by the federal government, uh, essential services. And so they all basically went through uh, processes that just like your doctor's office would Uh, essentially ensure that they are safe places to go into that they were socially distanced that uh, you know everyone had the proper precautions and so uh, the safety to the donor uh, you know uh, was you know was really a non-issue but of course that fear of just playing going out and doing anything like that uh, became problematic but to maybe answer another part of your question, you know, the, uh, those of us who rely on plasma donations actually, uh, want people who have had COVID, uh, to donate because they have the antibodies, uh, to it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, a center won't let you donate if you've just, uh, had it, or if you have an active infection, uh, but they really actually do want, uh, people who have either had COVID or had the vaccine, uh, because that. In fact, enhances uh, you know, what it is that people like me rely on. I, I can't produce my own anti-COVID antibodies, so I'm going to rely on uh, the antibodies of the donors.
0: Now, there are many other conditions that respond to plasma therapies as well. Cancer, uh, hemophilia, severe burns, and many, many more. So the need for the donations to increase is, is dire.
1: Oh absolutely. I mean, uh these are therapies that are are truly life savers and I mean there's over 125,000 people uh in the US alone uh who with those different conditions and <laughs> a host of others frankly uh, that do rely uh on the medicine that is uh, created from the plasma or in some cases from uh the plasma itself. And uh you know so that is why it is so incredibly important, uh, a that the past donors come back to those donor centers, but more than anything, uh, because people have heard the words plasma and antibodies and things like that over this last year. Plus, uh, you know, everyone wants to inspire new people to go into one of these centers and to just check it out, see if they are eligible to donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are, you know, you will be. A, saving a life uh, like mine and, and so many others, uh, but also, you know, you are uh, compensated for your time, which, uh, you know, given that it uh, can take a little while to do a donation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is, uh, I think, very important.
0: I understand the need to donate plasma. Walk me briefly through the process.
1: Sure. Well, um Basically, you know, these 800 plus uh, centers that are around the country, uh, you know, they look kind of like a big uh, doctor's office or, or kind of a lab or something like that that you might go into. Uh, there's a little uh, waiting room area. You go. Uh, a lot of people make appointments. Uh, you go, you check in, you do a little health screening. Uh, and if it's your first time, uh, just like my wife's the other day, uh, you've got to do some kind of extra paperwork and things like that. Uh, But then once you're done with that intake process, you basically go to what's kind of like a big recliner, uh, and you kind of sit, lay in it, uh, and then one of the technicians comes and, uh, you know, takes the plasma, uh, from you. Uh, it basically the blood, but then returns the red blood cells. So if you're used to donating blood and you feel tired afterwards, well, that's because they took the red cells too. Uh, in donating plasma, you actually get the red cells back. They're only taking that sort of watery, yellowish part of the blood, uh, which is the part that's really most important to uh, people like me. And about, you know, an hour and a half or so. Uh, and, you know, you're done in most cases.
0: How would I find a plasma donation center close to me? How would anyone listening be able to say go online and and get a list of where these plasma centers are located and also find out about their protocols?
1: Well, uh, there is uh, uh, one website that I happen to like. Uh, is called uh, DonatingPlasma.org, uh, and there you can find a listing of all the centers, uh, not just in the U.S., but also around the world, mm-hmm. um, as well as a lot of information about donating plasma in general. But, of course, uh, once you find uh, a center that's near you, contacting them to find out about just any uh, particular uh, issues that e- that center might have uh, you know, for the donation, I think is always really important because you don't want to show up and, and feel surprised. Uh, give them a call, ask a few questions, uh, and make sure that you uh, feel like you uh, you are comfortable going in and uh, then reap the benefits of, of knowing that you've done something really, really great.
0: Great. And once again, that website is donatingplasma.org, spelled just like it sounds, D O N A T I N G P L A S M A. John, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this evening. Thank you so much. Well,
1: thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with John Boyle. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com healthprofessionalradio.